On today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast, we're talking about Jeff Brom's first major in-state recruiting victory, portal needs moving forward, and the men's basketball team's first ACC win of the season. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On, the Wolfle Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. As always, I want to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Big news this past week, Louisville head coach Jeff Brom gets his first major in-state recruiting victory um, on National Signing Day as four-star defensive lineman William Wu Spencer signs with the Cardinals. We'll also talk about what the portal needs moving forward, you know, heading through spring ball. And then finally, the men's basketball team defeated Georgia Tech on Wednesday, claiming the first ACC victory of the season. We'll break it down here. In the final segment, before we get into the content, I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Kevin Parrish, once again for the awesome Louisville Love hoodie. Be sure to check out his merchandise um, on his social media and on his website. Um, does a lot of great work, so be sure to check that out. But the big news on signing day, relatively quiet for the Cardinals, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think that, if anything, it shows how well of a job the Cardinals did um, sealing the deals in respective recruitments on early signing day back in mid-December. But February, not a ton of of huge news. Obviously, Joe Crocker, three-star offensive lineman, um, committed to the program earlier this past week. But on Wednesday, a big recruiting showdown between Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, Michigan State for four-star defensive lineman William Wu Spencer. Played for Mayo his first three seasons and then transferred to New Albany. Ranked as the um, 44th best defensive lineman, according to 24-7 Sports. The four-star prospect is a top-five prospect in the state of Indiana. Uh, Three-star on rivals, so the composite score on 24-7 Sports is number 502, uh, which is ironic. But regardless, still uh, a solid defensive line prospect. Um, But this was a recruitment that even though Michigan State was in the mix, and they were definitely in the mix, I still think it was going to come down between the Louisville and Kentucky. And for the past handful of seasons, as Scott Satterfield was at the helm of the Cardinals program, um, Wu Spencer was supposedly a Kentucky lean for the past couple of years. He was a guy that when you talk to pe- people locally, you had the the vibe or the perception that most people thought he was going to end up a Wildcat. Um, had a handful of crystal ball projections for Kentucky up until um, a seemingly just an hour before his decision um, on Wednesday evening at the Aspirations Gym. But this is a huge recruiting victory. Uh, now Jeff Brom steps into the picture and um, comes into a recruitment late, but seals the deal for the hometown Cardinals. This is a big deal for a couple reasons. Number one, it's Jeff Brom's first major in-state recruiting battle with the Kentucky Wildcats, and he seals the deal. And it's not necessarily one of those prospects that was leaning Louisville and stayed with Louisville. It was more so like leaning Kentucky and then, you know, 
being able to convince him to sign with the hometown Cardinals. Um, uh, this is one of those situations to where I think that you know people will people could say, well, could Scott Satterfield have gotten back in this recruitment? I really don't think so, or else he would have done it. I think that this is really the work of Jeff Brom in that coaching staff um, at Louisville now. So huge deal here. Um, I think you know this is. Uh, making it clear that Louisville is doing something right in the NIL realm. They are, you know, obviously recruiting extremely well in that realm, but also uh, being able to keep local talent home. That's been the storyline. That's been the mantra since Brom took over, um, what, the second week of December, was that, hey, look, he's going to keep local guys home. We saw that early on. Micah Carter uh, from St. X flips from Purdue to Louisville. Um, uh, Sadiq Clemens from Henderson County goes from Purdue to Louisville. Uh, Stephen Heron comes back home, um, you know, transfers from Stanford to Louisville. Uh, Marquise Groves Killebrew, even though he played high school ball down in Georgia, transferred from Texas A&M, born in Louisville, he comes back. So, you know, Josh Minkins returns, you know, from Ballard. So, but – Jeff Brom necessarily hadn't gone up toe-to-toe with Mark Stoops until this recruitment. And um, and maybe he has another recruitments to where obviously Louisville and Kentucky are probably in the mix for a handful of uh, top prospects. But in terms of a Louisville versus Kentucky battle, this was the first installment of a series of battles that we're going to see for years to come. And I'm not saying that Jeff Brom is going to win all of them because Mark Stoops has done a great job of recruiting the state of Kentucky since he um, you know, became the head coach at the Wildcats program. But I think that this kind of reaffirms that notion. It really, really uh, makes you believe. I, I think that you, you probably believed it before, but now it's real. It's okay. We, we, you hear that you know he's going to keep all these guys home, but until it actually happens... That's a huge deal because this is a prospect that Kentucky really, really wanted. Obviously, Michigan State wanted, Louisville wanted, and for good reason. So, for starters, this is the first major in-state recruiting battle between Louisville and Kentucky since Jeff Brom has taken over, and the Cardinals sealed the deal. On the field is another uh, reason for excitement. Um, Lou Spencer uh, reading this um, excerpt from Alan True, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports Scouting Report. He projects him as a Power 5 starter, uh, compares him to Raekwon Williams from Michigan State. He says, two-way player in high school who could play either offensive or defensive line come college. He has a bigger body, but he's well-proportioned and looks college-ready. Shows some twitch and has good quickness getting out of his stance. Strong punches with violence on offense and can drive defenders backwards and into the ground. Power makes him hard to stop as a bull rusher on defense. Has the same quickness off the snap there. Can be a big, strong zero-tech, but is a good enough athlete to move all around the line of scrimmage and play as a three- or five-tech in certain situations. Needs to polish technique on defense and regardless of position will have to adjust to a much higher level of competition in college but has the body type strength and play demeanor to be a very good college player and potential nfl draft pick um at either position obviously um versatility is the name of the game here for Wu spencer six foot five 315 pound lineman can play um a handful of different positions on the defensive line, um, but it seems like that's where uh, he's being recruited at right now. But the good thing about it 
if for some reason it does not work out for Lou Spencer on the defensive line, he has the frame and the skill set to possibly project as an offensive lineman at the next level. So you have that versatility. You have the options if you're Jeff Brom and company, if you're Ron English, Mark Hagan, so on and so forth. Brian Brom, the list goes on, all of the coaches on the staff. But defensively speaking, especially from an interior line perspective, I think that this is a solid addition. Even though you brought in Micah Carter, you brought in um, you know Sadiq Clements, it's going to be – Interesting to see do those two prospects along with um, with Wu Spencer, how do they project on the defensive line? Do they, are they viewed more as defensive ends? Are they viewed as hybrids, more you know traditional interior defensive linemen? That's the question that needs to be answered. I'm looking forward to seeing how that question gets answered uh, in the offseason heading into fall camp. I think that all three of them at this moment – are probably depth pieces at best because there aren't many spots of opportunities available. Um, but from an interior line perspective, defensively speaking, this is a solid addition because it gives you numbers for the future. Um, you've got guys like Des Tell that could possibly go to the NFL after this year. Um, haven't got much confirmation on Jermaine Lolay yet if he's back or not, but if he is, he's not going to be back in 2024. Um, and if he's not, he's obviously not going to be back in 2024. So solid addition for the Cardinals. Versatility speaking, you keep a local player home, so you continue to build that narrative. You get an aspirations gym, um, you know, star that you know it's great to build that relationship up as well. Um, and not to mention on the field, he's a talented commitment that um, can definitely um, help you know, years down the road, uh, possibly in year two, year three. So we'll see how um, he projects at the next level. But National Signing Day is in the rearview mirror. Let's talk about what the needs for the team are with the remaining spots from the portal. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Um, check out the bets for the Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't work. Um, a great app that is safe and super easy to use. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no-sweat First bet on Super Bowl 57, that's FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, 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 the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Also, I want to take this time to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help achieve your goals. Um, they go beyond resume data by using insights from jobs posted and their 875 million member profiles. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right. So heading into the second segment of the show, um, obviously the Cardinals have done a great job of, um, you know, filling the needs in the portal, filling the needs uh, with the remaining spots of Flyville 23, so on and so forth. But according to Jeff Brom's press conference on, on National Signing Day, the Cardinals still aren't done. They have scholarships to use. Um, I've seen this number seven floated around. I'm not sure who that's from. It seems like some people have said that it's from Jody Dimling over at Cardinal Authority. So if that's who it's from, you know, shout out to Jody on the number. And that's a very, very reliable source to get that number from. But seven um, scholarship spots available for Louisville would be a huge number because it allows you to continue to address depth. It allows you to continue to... Uh, possibly add starting level players into the mix. But what are the biggest needs moving forward? Obviously, Louisville has addressed a lot of those. We talked about even though Braden Smith had transferred out of the wide receiver room, not much else is needed outside of maybe using. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a situation to where um, you don't have a lot of playing time and meaningful snaps to be able to, um, you know, uh, or meaningful snaps to go around, I guess I should say, you know, clarify that. Um, but there's a couple, you know, spots that Louisville may look to go after. I think number one is linebacker. Especially losing Monty Montgomery makes this a key position of need. Even with Monty Montgomery in the mix at Louisville, I still think that you need a starting level linebacker to go next to him. But now you definitely need one, possibly two. Um because if you look at the room right now, you lost Dorian Jones to Cincinnati. You lost Momo Sonogo uh, to graduation in the NFL. You lost Monty Montgomery to Mississippi. Um, now you are relying on guys like Jalen Alderman, TJ Quinn, Jackson Hamilton, KJ Cloyd, uh, guys that have been rotational players in years past, special teams guys to rise into that mold. And I'm not saying that one or both, one or two of them can't, but I'm saying that that's asking a lot from guys that have been rotational pieces to slide in and be high-level Power 5 linebackers at, you know, as starters. Um, you also have Stanquan Clark, uh, the four-star prospect from Miami, who I think is going to be very, very good. But as I mentioned time and time again on this show, I think it's unfair to ask him to be a starter right away or to require him to be a starter right away because you've seen even the best linebacker prospects, inside linebacker prospects over you know the past couple decades, um, very few of them are able to go right away because essentially linebackers like the quarterback of the defense, right? So at the end of the day, you have to be able to you know know the defense like the back of your hand, and that's not saying Stan Kwong can't, but that's going to put a lot of responsibility on him early and right away, and you shouldn't have to you know. Lean on a true freshman to be a starting linebacker immediately coming out of the gate. And that's all that I'm saying. Uh, not to say that they can't, you know, rise into a guy that plays uh, significantly as a freshman because he definitely could. But I think that um, I would feel a little bit better if Louisville were able to bring in a linebacker or even two to be starting caliber players um, heading into next fall. Defensively speaking, um, you know, moving to more of a 4-2-5, that puts a lot of emphasis on the defensive backs department. Um, they did lose Miles Slusher. They replaced him with Gilbert Frierson from Miami. Um, maybe they look to add one more defensive back, but even then you have some good numbers there. Um, on the defensive line, maybe another um, interior guy. But, um, you know, you brought in 
you know, three very, very solid true freshmen, uh, Sadiq Clemens, uh, Micah Carter, and um, and uh, Wu Spencer. You have Des Tell, um, you know, back Jared Dawson as well. Uh, you lost Caleb Banks, though, so maybe you look to bring in another interior guy. But I think the places on defense that need the most attention is probably linebacker um, and, and then maybe um, a slot cornerback if I'm, you know, just trying to – you know, look at it in a very, very fine microscope. Offensively speaking, quarterback is fine. Um, running back, it's going to be hard to add another player that's not, you know, a guy that's just filling a depth role. Wide receivers sitting okay. Offensive line and tight end are spots that you can add additions to, especially tight end, um, you know, so Jamari Johnson doesn't have to be the uh, presumed starter heading into 2023, although at the end of the day he may be good enough to do just that. So we'll see if that's going to be able to be pushed upon. But um, I think that, you know, this is a situation to where, you know, Jeff Brown likes to use multiple tight ends, and you're going to see Jamari line up in, in situations as sort of, um, you know, a hybrid between tight end and wide receiver like you saw him, um, you know, this past season as a senior in high school. So um, Jamari Johnson, a possible starter, but also I, I think it would be beneficial to bring in a grad transfer at the position just so you have depth at the very least, a guy that Jamari can learn under, so on and so forth. Um, also at the offensive line position, I said that there are some spots that are open, um, you're going to have open competition. You know, we have Michael Gonzalez. That's probably going to be the uh, favorite to be the left tackle next season. Um, Brian Hudson at center. Um, and then outside of that, you're looking at three spots that aren't claimed as of right now, left guard, right guard, and right tackle. It's assumed that John Paul Flores, the Virginia transfer, is going to be one of those players that slides into one of the starting guard positions. Um, but, you know, at this point, you know, right tackle is, is a spot that, you know, Renato Brown will probably be the presumed starter, um, left guard or right guard, whichever uh, spot that Flores doesn't uh, take. Maybe Austin Collins is a guy that slides into the guard position there. Outside of that, you know, you have probably more depth at tackle with, um, you know, the redshirt freshman coming back, Joe Crocker, uh, Luke Burgess, you know, the true freshman coming in, Madden Sanker, highly rated um, guard prospect out of Georgia. So is this going to be a situation where we see Madden Sanker into a starting position? I, I'm not necessarily so sure about that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, tight end and offensive line are probably the – the two areas in, of need offensively. Defensively, I think linebacker is, um, you know, priority number one, regardless, um, because I think that that's going to be a, a key position of need. Although there's a lot of um, emphasis put on defensive backs, you still, with only two linebackers playing, you know, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on those guys as well. So, um, Obviously, seven spots, seven scholarships, if that is the number, that is a huge, huge benefit for the Cardinals that they can add depth, that they can add some starting caliber players. So um, at this time, we're going to take a little bit of a step back, transition over into men's basketball. The Cardinals picked up their first ACC victory of the season. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want to wait or don't want all of the fat and calories, then you have to try a, a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal has been to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, you've, I've got the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. You get all of the healthy components of a protein bar, but with the 100% real chocolate aspect of it, it tastes just like a candy bar. Um, there is a huge variety of 
different amounts of flavors. You don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Uh, so be sure to check that out at built.com. All right, heading into the final segment of the show, men's basketball. The Cardinals won 68-58 to on Wednesday evening, snapping a 10-game losing skid and recording the first conference victory of the season. The Louisville Cardinals, a team that no matter how bad they've been over the past couple of years, they've pretty much had their or had Georgia Tech's number, and that was the case on Wednesday evening. Josh Passner and the Yellow Jackets coming into the Yum Center. Louisville opens up, um, you know, playing pretty well. They go up by five at the halftime intermission and um, are able to hold off, um, you know, Georgia Tech in that second half, any type of run that the Yellow Jackets were trying to make. And Louisville was able to come out on top by 10. Um, it is the biggest... Um, it is the biggest win of the new year. Obviously, the only win of the new year. Uh, I was going to say it was the biggest win of the year, but Western Kentucky was an 11-point victory, so please disregard that. Um, but nonetheless, it, it's nice to see this team get back in the win column. I know a lot of people right now are apathetic. They've kind of checked out on the team, and, and I get it. it. It's been a very, very stressful season, but my heart goes out to these players. Um, it was nice to see them um, you know, smiling and excited, um, both on the court and on the sideline, um, because at the end of the day, these are these are people too. Um, and, you know, you can look at the record and, you know, tell people how bad they are, and, and I get it. You know, this team is probably the worst team in program history. They're 3-19. and 19, They're 3-10 and 10 at home. But at the end of the day, this isn't necessarily easy on the players either. So it's nice to see the team get back in the win column. Um, Jalen Withers, his best game in quite some time as a Cardinal. He was 4 of 8 from the field, a game-high 19 points, 7 of 9 from the free throw line. A, a Jalen Withers performance that the Cardinals have, have needed really the past couple years. He recorded a 19.13 rebound double-double. If you look at what the Cardinals did right in this one, um, you know, from the field, 46% from the field, 37%. From behind the arc, um, that's going to be a solid recipe for success, especially when you're holding the opponent's team to under 30% from both the field and from the three-point line. Georgia Tech only 29.5% from the three-point line. They had two players in double figures, and both of those players um, attempted 16 shots to go with a combined 31 points. So they had, uh, I'm sorry, 30, yeah. Yeah, thirty. They had thirty-two shots to go with thirty-three points combined. Um, so the lack of efficiency, lack of efficiency there. Even though Georgia Tech only turned the ball over a measly five times compared to Louisville's uh, fifteen turnovers, um, it really didn't matter. Um, both had ten assists. Louisville out rebounded Georgia Tech forty-six to thirty-two. That size was put on full display for quite some time. It's been who can help LL score. Well, we saw it. You know, the only starter uh, with less than, you know, seven points was Sidney Curry, and he had six. Mike James had seven, L. Ellis with 11, uh, J.J. Trainer with 10, Jalen Withers with 19, Kamari Lands with a solid 11 points off the bench. So, <coughs> you know, what we've been kind of calling for all season, you know, um, a well-rounded 
uh, scoring responsibilities. Um, you know, solid effort on both ends of the court. Um, overall, just being better rebounding the basketball. And there's no doubt that, you know, rebounding and, you know, not just LL scoring are the two main keys to victory and why the why Louisville was able to get their first conference win. Now, let, let's call a spade a spade. Georgia Tech, uh, Josh Passner could very well be gone after this season. He's 8-14 uh, and 14 on the season, 1-6 and six away. Um, you look at the ACC standings, uh, trying to look at that now, I think Louisville actually might be um, no longer the worst team in the ACC. Actually, they are not. Georgia Tech is worse record-wise. They are 1-11, and Louisville 1-10. and So um, they handle business. They did what they needed to do. Um, I don't put a lot of stock into this victory for the Cardinals because at the end of the day, it was against the worst team um, on the conference slate. Uh, they will have another game against Georgia Tech uh, coming up here uh, later in the season on February 28th. I'm sorry, February 25th, uh, down in the McCamish Pavilion in Atlanta on Georgia Tech's campus. So um, Louisville has a handful of games left. I'd like to see them try to uh, create some momentum if they can. They have the Seminoles coming to town um, on Saturday. Um, You know, they lost to Florida State earlier in the season by 22 points. So let's see if they can try to uh, get a little bit closer this time. But it was good to see the team get a victory, not necessarily putting too much stock into it, considering that the team is still three and nineteen, and it was to the worst team in the ACC. So, uh, but like I said, nice to see the guys smiling. Nice to see um, you know the team put together a, a, a solid performance. So, we talked about Jeff Brom's first major in-state recruiting victory over Mark Stoops. We talked about Wu Spencer's commitment to the Cardinals, what the needs in the portal are moving forward, and the Louisville men's basketball team's first victory in ACC play. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. Obviously, like I mentioned, programming schedule all out of sync right now with uh, my travel schedule, but I'm going to try to get the normal 19 episodes. So, you know, just be patient with me and I will do my best to get those out in a timely manner. But thanks again. We'll see you right back here very soon.